Hi there, Catsuit. Hi there, Nookie. Wait, I wasn't expecting you right now. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to stop by and tell everyone about our event coming up Valentine's weekend. You mean the three-day education and social event focusing in on dating and relationships for kinky folks called the Kinky Dating Something Something and Love Blah 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 event? We've got great speakers lined up, including me. Yeah, also Lexi Silver, Zach Budd, Unruly Nerd Girl, and I'll even be presenting a four-hour workshop. Don't worry, it's in two parts about how to defuckify your dating and create a profile and a life that weeds out what you don't want and attracts what you do. Registration is open now. And the first 500 people get in free, so don't hesitate. Get registered at datingkinky.com slash dating dash love dash event. It's a great opportunity to learn from the people you love about the people you hope to love. I know it's on my Valentine's Day calendar. Chocolates are optional. The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun conversation about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy. With questions asked by a guy. And now, here is your host. Hi there, Catsuit. Thanks, Nookie. And welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Presented by Dating Kinky. On this podcast, we will examine the ways people approach women and other wonderful humans to establish new relationships. From friendship to romance, monogamous to poly, play partner to life partner, and everything in between in the traditional and non-traditional spectrum. And the voices will be diverse in gender, sexuality, race, profession, and lifestyle. We'll be active on social media as we go along, and you can follow us on Twitter at WhatWomenWantP1. That's at WhatWomenWantP1. And if you want to get in touch with the show directly, our email is womenandotherwonderfulhumans at gmail.com. I know that's a little long, but I hope it's easy to remember. Womenandotherwonderfulhumans at gmail.com. Our first guest and I met when we both participated in Dating Kinky's More Than Yes or No event, a weekend all about consent. I instantly fell in love with her energy, style, and passion for all things involving relationships. And you'll love her too. Lexi Silver is the erotica author of Mating Season, a collection of short stories based on her real experiences living a kinky and unconventional lifestyle. Lexi hosts and produces SDC.com's sexuality podcast, Seek, Discover, Create, with Lexi Silver and her erotic storytelling webinar series, Cocktails and Erotic Tales. 
As an entrepreneur, advocate, educator, public speaker, and coach for consensual non-monogamy and the swinging lifestyle, she regularly contributes articles about sexuality and relationships to Pornhub's Sexual Wellness Center, ASN Lifestyle Magazine, SDC.com, and her personal blog. Lexi wrote and creatively produced many story series and scenes in the adult entertainment industry and was nominated in 2017 for an AVN award for best screenplay. Her mission is to promote empowerment and education by guiding you to shamelessly explore your lexuality. So get lectual at lexisilver.com. We begin each show with the first five. Five questions about firsts in relationships. What is the best first impression you've ever had from someone approaching you? Ooh, I love confidence. So when somebody comes to me and they're walking toward me with confidence uh, or they are sending me a message and it seems like their, their tone, their language is confident, not cocky, confident, that is the hottest thing. That to me is the biggest turn on. Uh, so if you want to approach me the first time, you have to be confident about it. What's wrong with being confident? I think somebody once said that in a song. <laughs> <laughs> first time you were unexpectedly moved by a first message. I think oh, it was not long ago, probably about a year ago, uh, I had met somebody. Was it even a year ago? I had met somebody and... <laughs> uh, it was a really sexy interaction at first, like just very, a lot of chemistry and everything. And then I gave him my number. And before I knew it, he had written me this super sexy, yet very respectful first message about his impression of me when he first met me. So I thought that was very unique. I'd never had that before. Love that. First moment you knew you were a little different. Oh God, I must've been, you know, early, early adolescence, 12, 13, 11, 10, something like that. Uh, when I was, you know, very much drawn to erotic books, uh, sex stories, romances and stuff like that. I knew for sure there was something different. <laughs> First time you ever received a dick pic and what was your reaction? Oh, wow. I mean, we're talking about the close to when the internet was practically invented. Okay. Uh, that's how long ago we're talking about here. My impression of it. What is this? <laughs> Why is someone sending this to me without my consent? It was my first question. <laughs> so that may lead right into the next question. The first time you ever had to block someone. Definitely the early days of Facebook. I had a weird stalker folk uh, person who was just messaging me a lot, like bombarding me with messages, even though I was making it very clear I did not want to speak to them. And I didn't actually know them in person. They were a friend of a friend. So just very weird, awkward situation. Um, but yeah, had to block them. It just was too much. Two people getting to know each other, just like we did in high school. Here is seven minutes in heaven. So now we move into a segment I like to call, because it's nice and cheesy, seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> and basically, it's like a speed date where we get to know you a little bit better. So All our right. audience can know you a little bit better. Let's do it. What is the first thing that attracts you to anyone? 
Ooh, I hinted at it before for me. It's confidence, but eye contact. If I'm seeing, a, I, I find that I click very well in person. Online dating, it's very, very different. When it comes to online dating, for me, the sexiest thing is the initial message that I receive. Bonding with me over something in my profile that's not sexual, that goes beyond that, hey, baby, or hey, sexy, or something like that. G- giving me some information about them that is interesting enough for me to want to click reply because if it's just about oh hey you you know I'm looking for a unicorn or you're hot I want to add you to a threesome like we're not pieces of meat over here bond with me over something else that's a little bit sexier for me it's about all about stimulating my brain if you can get that in like intellectual connection somehow or at least something to spark you know a little something that to me is super, super sexy. I have message upon message of people just saying things related to what they want sexually. It's like, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do for me? Like what is so sexy about you as a person or as a couple that is interesting enough for me to want to meet you or see you or anything like that. But in person, when I meet somebody in person for the first time, for me, it's eye contact. You can tell a lot about the way a person looks at you and the look in their eyes. So, yeah. Tell me more about sapiosexuality because I don't (laughs) know a lot about that and I'm curious. Uh, for me, it takes, uh, I mean, look, I can, ha- you know, I, I could be attracted to people who, you know, just on a sexual basis, if it's just something, you know, like maybe a one night thing, or maybe it's just like a group sex situation. I see someone hot. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, yeah. C- come here. You know, that's okay. But as far as, you know, having that intellectual connection uh, with somebody, you know, um, if you can stimulate my brain, the, my body will follow. So um, I, it really just has to do with, you know, I need to have that, you you know, sexual, um, it, in order to have that sexual feeling to get aroused like that, I do need to have something happening above the shoulders. So some kind of cerebral stimulation. And this, the best sex I've ever had has been with people that I've had that kind of stimulation from. So getting into that mind of yours, what are your big, <laughs> big turn ons? Oh, big turn ons. Um, creativity. Uh, I've, I've learned over the years too, that I am very audio. So I really love when people send me like snippets of them telling me things that they want to do to me, or even just like telling me about their day and, Oh, I had a fantasy about you, or I was thinking about you and it doesn't even have to be sexual. Um, but hearing someone's voice that I'm seeing for me is so sexy, uh, especially if they surprise me with messages from time to time. I love to be surprised. Um, that to me is a huge turn on, uh, And getting creative, you know, um, when I'm sexting with someone, for example, I love when they come up with these new scenarios that, you know, um, that just really make me think things that are just, you know, off the beaten path or, you know, in like adding in people or, you know, different like locations, uh, you know, what things that I'm wearing, toys that are involved, just really using the full breadth you know, of their imagination um, and, you know, focusing on uh, all the senses. So whether it's sexting or even just like in actual sexual experiences, if you evoke, um, you know, uh, if you are 
making me think of all of the senses. You're stimulating all of them. You know, what is, you know, what does the room smell like? You know, what does your skin smell like? Mm -hmm. What is it? You know, it's beyond visual for me. You know, um, I'm very tactile too. So I love when someone just like lets me have my way with my hands. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love touching. I love feeling different, you know, textures like skin, hair, everything. Um, you know, the moisture. No, I mm -hmm. won't say that. Don't say moisture. I fucking hate that word. Moist. I just cringed as I said that. <laughs> I fucking hate that word. Um, but you know, wetness, like heat, the heat of somebody, like there's so much, there's so many things that are turned on for me in that regard. Touch is definitely my love language. As a matter of fact, mm. when I am together with someone, my hands are roaming everywhere, not in a sexual way, but just because I want to feel that connection with them. Yeah. What is your main love language? I think it's definitely that. Although words of affirmation, mm. um, I will say, I do like that. And I like giving gifts to people. I love giving them, whether it's a gift of like time or just something else. Like I just, I love giving gifts. I'm pretty good at giving like physical gifts and coming up with like creative ideas for those, um, which is good because my anniversary is coming up. So I got to think of something creative there. Um, but yeah, th those are definitely, I have, you know, multiple and I think it depends on the person, you know, well, it depends on the partner also. What is your biggest turnoff? Ooh. Oh, I haven't asked that in a long time and my tastes have really changed. Well, one of them that's really high up there is the, I'm looking for a unicorn. Are you free tonight? When I haven't even met them yet. I think that is terrible. I hate that. I don't like being uh, treated like a piece of meat until, unless I'm asking to be treated like a piece of meat. I don't want right off the bat, some random person doing that. Unsolicited dick pics. I get those a lot. Hate those. Um, really hate those. Uh, people who don't respect my boundaries, whether it's sexual or otherwise, uh, you know, when I've told them not to contact me or I've told them I am available at this time, uh, or I don't want to be engaged with in a particular way, uh, or I don't want to be touched in a particular way. And they can't respect those boundaries and respect my, you know, my ability to give them consent and like how I, what it is I consent to. Yeah. That is a fucking massive turnoff. Yeah. Respect is so, so important when it comes to approaching anyone. Yeah. Where do you think it's been lost? <laughs> uh, are we talking about gender differences? Like, is this what we're, any, we're going Any into? way you'd like to talk. The reason this entire podcast came up was I wrote a comical article on FetLife called Dear Men About Those Unsolicited Dick Pics. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And I received a lot of loves from women. And of yeah. course, there was that one guy, that one guy who responded, well, yours must not be very impressive. Why don't you show us yours? Yeah, I and, hear yours. Yeah. And, I, and I said, well... Uh, Honestly, not that impressive, but I do have two kids that ended up really good. And the <laughs> fact is, it did its job. So I'm not worried about it that much because I have lots of other ways that I can please a woman that I'm more than happy to practice. 
Yeah. I mean, Firstly, size doesn't mean that you're good at having sex or that you're able to do it properly. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that from experience. Um, size is not everything somebody else is looking for. Um, and this toxic fixation on dick size that has historically always been a thing is, is so damaging. You know, that doesn't matter. It's all about how you use it. Oh, and how are you using the rest of your body too? If you just think about dick size, if you want to talk about pleasure, a dick it's in it in and of itself. For myself personally, it takes a lot more than just a dick inside me to enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. Hands and mouths are really great, you know? Uh, so uh, I've been with, with guys who don't have huge dicks. doesn't matter. They more than make up for it with the rest of their body and with the way that they engage with me. And I, some of my sexiest experiences have not been with guys who have 10-inch dicks. In fact, some of my worst sexual experiences were with guys who had big dicks who didn't know, who thought all they had to do was to show up with their dick uh, erect and that was all that they actually all the effort that they actually had to put into it wow. so yeah let me i, I think i'm going on a off on a tangent here all the passion that i have for talking about this um but yeah it's definitely no <laughs> no hi it's john aka catsuit taking a little break to tell you about some good friends of mine I was inspired to do this podcast after appearing as a guest on the Off the Cuffs podcast with Dick Wound, Minimus Maximus, and Lectual Romance. You can find Off the Cuffs at the places that you find your normal podcasts. And you can also find some other amazing podcasts that inspire me as well, including Lady Pym's Bedpost podcast and Kate Sloan's The Dildorks. Kate and Lady Pym will both be a guest on this program in the upcoming weeks. Remember, Off the Cuffs, The Bedpost Podcast, and The Dildorks, three great podcasts that you should enjoy. They've inspired me, and I know you'll love them too. You know you've gotten those messages you just have to talk about. So now we will. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. On FET today, a friend of mine, Queen Sassy, said, My women friends and I compare notes. We see who you follow. We see the pattern. We see the kink list. We see your love things. But you can't write a profile. Get the Ooh. fuck out. Yeah. How yeah. true is that? It's so true. People don't know how to write a proper profile. Um, I offer in, in some of my coaching services, I do talk to people about how to do that. Sometimes I'll spend an hour trying to help them uh, with their profile, not just about um, you know, the pictures that they're using, which by the way, all nude pictures, that's great and everything. Yes, maybe you're super hot. That's cool. I also want to see what you look like with clothes on. I think clothes are really cool. They're a nice part of like how you, I, I, I'm big into, you know, fashion and accessories and stuff, probably from my history. My family owns a lingerie company. So as I was growing up, I was able to get really cool outfits like the one I'm wearing now that people can't actually see. Um, but I love clothes. I love, you know, being able to see what people choose to express themselves with. So for me, that's great. And people just in terms of writing a profile, they talk a lot about what they're looking for, but they don't actually say what they are you know, what they're like or what they're offering. You know, I want to, especially a lot of profiles are always looking for 
almost always, almost like always, especially on like swinger dating sites, mm-hmm. let's say maybe less so on FetLife. It's a little bit different because, you know, we're talking about kinks and it's a little bit more in depth and there's a lot more, I guess, specificity to what you're looking for versus like hooking up with just somebody for the night. You know, you're looking for an experience. You're looking to play a scenario with somebody. That's a very, very different kind of way um, that you're looking for something and how to express yourself in your dating profile. But fuck, like, it's not complicated. Talk about maybe an experience that went really well for you, you know, that you really enjoy. Like, I want to have an idea about who you are, like based on your experience, you have to get dirty with it. Just like, so one of the best experiences I ever had was this, you know, would you like to do something like that with me kind of thing? Uh, or, you know, here's the kind of dominant that I am. I'm very uh, generous with my aftercare. I'm, I'm very tactile. I like to run my hands on your body and also you know, I'm big into spanking, for example, you know, if you want to get your little ass spanked or something like that, then come in, come in and slide into my DMs, that kind of thing. I want to give people an idea of the experience that they're going to get if they're going to be with me, not just like I'm looking for, you know, a sub to do X, Y, and Z. That's great. But what am I offering them as well? I think is super important. And spelling, please check your freaking spelling. Oh my God, holy crap. It's not complicated. There are so many resources online for spelling. Please use them, people, please. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's a huge turnoff. Let's add that to the list of turnoffs is uh, improperly spelled stuff. I am very much um, into grammar as a writer. So please uh, just check your freaking spelling, people. Well, <laughs> speaking as a writer with your your new book, Mating Season, which we will talk about in a little bit. How much does writing turn you on when you read something that's very well written and it makes you feel like you're there? Ooh, okay. So there's the getting turned on by my own writing as I'm writing it down. And then again, as I'm rereading what I wrote and I'm like, did I write that? Holy shit. Did I write that? It's pretty hot. I mean, and then sometimes when I'm writing about my real life experiences, I'm reliving it as I read it. So if you ever join me for cocktails and erotic tales, which some of you folks who are listening right now have, I'm sure. Um, basically I get very distracted. Sometimes I actually have to fan myself with my book because it is getting hot. <laughs> I'm just reliving it. My, as I'm reading it, I'm playing it in my head. So it's such a turn on. And when I'm reading something else that somebody else has written, and especially if there are, like I said before, no spelling mistakes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Typos are, you know, it's a thing and everything fine. Okay. Just read it over real quick before you press the send button. But that's so sexy to me. I love reading stories that people concocted, especially if they wrote about me or us or a situation involving that, whether it's a flashback or a new situation that they want to get involved in with me. I had the most interesting situation at Winter Wickedness, which is one of the kink conventions that was in Columbus uh, this past February. And I was walking around and I had my name tag on and I was dressed in regular clothes. I wasn't in my usual outfit that I usually go around in kink conventions in. And someone stopped me and said, oh my God, you're catsuit. And I said, (laughs) yes. I read all your <laughs> writings. I feel like I'm there with you. Oh my, what an amazing journey you've had. Nice. And I have always written because it's my way of processing how my scenes went. And it's also a mm. thank you note to the person who was my play partner 
because it allows me to show them that I was present the entire time. Not like I need to prove anything, but being present. So have you had one of those situations where somebody comes up to you and goes, you're Lexi Silver. I, uh, I feel like I know you because mm-hmm. I've read what you've written and uh, <laughs> you I d- asking. Yeah, for sure. I've definitely had that. Um, I've had that experience on several occasions. Uh, also because I am so not shameless. I'm, I'm, I'm completely shameless when it comes to the way I express myself on social media and what I'm wearing or not wearing. Uh, so I get a lot of, Ooh, I saw your picture. You're so hot. Or I read your writing and like, I feel like I I've been following you on Instagram and I feel like I know you, I feel like we could be friends. And I'm like, Oh God. Um, that's one part of me, right? You know, the writing is great. You know, I'm so happy you read it. That's awesome. But that's only like one story. You know, you can't tell everything about somebody through their writing experiences, even though I'm, and I'm sure it's same is true with you Mm -hmm. as you're writing from a first person perspective, or at least putting, even if you're not, even if you're just creating other characters, it's from your point of view. So there is a certain knowledge that you do get about a person's personality, about reading their work. So there is definitely that, but it's the whole story. Um, it's great to be able to connect with people in that way that people do can come up to you and say, wow, you know, I read this and this really moved me or it really inspired me, uh, that kind of thing. I love hearing that. Well, speaking of reading things, uh, I saw a very interesting tweet today from you that is so, so amazing. I am very much somebody that believes in respect. I've been called a feminist. Uh, mm. I say that in the battle of the sexes, it's rare for me to root for my own side, except in Australia, where I'll say it's very rare for me to cheer for my own side. <laughs> because they go, what you say, mate? You said root. That's something a little different over here. You said, the truth is we must change the narrative. And this came from uh, Shauna Williams and Explore Sex Talk. Mm. Almost every woman I know has taken nudes at some time in her life. As more women under 40 run for office, we are now going to have to figure out how to stand together and say it's the leaking of them, not the taking of them. That is shameful. What an amazing message for today. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, I like reposting things that really resonate with me um, because it's, it's true. Uh, it is shameful to leak somebody else's personal photos without their consent. That is bullshit. When somebody sends you a nude, whatever the situation is, it's because they have trust in you. Unless you're a hacker, that's a whole different story. And let me not get into that whole stuff. Uh, but yeah, if you're sending a picture to a lover, you're hoping that they're going to keep it between the two of you. That's like the least bit of respect that they could give you. I think if more and more women um, or people in general are running for office and, you know, it's everybody has pictures of themselves naked, especially in this day and age with like the way dating goes and having to, you know, resort to more, I guess, uh, photo or video based 
uh, types of media in order to connect with people. So it's going to happen. And, you know, instead of slut shaming people for having taken the photo in the first place, that's just how we're expressing ourselves. We're allowed and we're allowed to be able to share that with somebody thinking that, you know, they are going to respect our choice to keep that private. Our privacy is important. And again, like it does come back to consent. Even if you break up with somebody, it doesn't give you, you know, consent to be a dick about it and then release those photos. That's not cool. That is not cool at all. If we're slut shaming people for having taken those photos, it's bullshit. We, it, the issue is that people violated consent and actually thought it was okay to, to feel like they had any say or control over how, you know, somebody else's body should be, you know, shown or exposed or to whom. This has happened to me before, by the mm. way. It was a huge violation of my, uh, of my boundaries. And I'll preface this by saying I am a nudist. I love being naked. I, I love taking no, na- uh, naked pictures. I've been in, I'm very comfortable in like public sex settings, like, you know, in group sex settings, being naked and running around that way. I have no problem with that. I love nude beaches. I love that freedom of being liberated from clothes. That said, if somebody is taking photos of me in that situation without my consent, firstly, Mm -hmm. and then putting them in places without my consent, um, that's not okay. Even the taking of the photo in it, it, like to start with, without me saying it's okay, is not okay. And even if I send you a photo of myself in whatever scenario, that's also not okay. Even Mm -hmm. if I'm fully clothed, it doesn't make a difference. If someone doesn't give you explicit consent, to share something that is intimate and personal to them. And this includes screenshots of sexting. This includes uh, personal stories that somebody is sharing with you. It's not okay. So that is what's shameful is violating someone's consent, not somebody wanting to share an intimate part of themselves with you. You were a part this weekend, this past weekend, as we taped this, it was a few weeks ago, for a Dating Kinky two-day event, and we're so happy that Dating Kinky is partnering with us on this podcast, called More Than Yes or No, and it was an amazing set of webinars. Do you think that it's a generational thing, a gender thing, or something else when it comes to consent about people being comfortable not only accepting it, but embracing it. Firstly, I am so honored to have been part of that awesome weekend of conferences. I, I tuned into a whole bunch of them. So I was really, uh, I was really lucky. I was able to be educated from a bunch of people. So thank you, Dating Kinky. And I was really, really happy to be able to talk about non-monogamy. So that was great. Which And we talked about consent too, of course. I think that when it comes to consent, there historically, we've never been very good about talking about it openly in general, which is a huge issue. If you don't talk about something, then does it really exist? It's only recently, I would say in the last, I don't know, five or 10 years that talking about consent has actually been more, I guess, popularized I want to say, you know, especially with the Me Too movement, um, which I'm, you know, I'm very much a feminist myself. You know, I could go on and on about the number of times I've been sexually harassed throughout all of my, a a variety of my work experiences and other experiences. So definitely talking about this is the first step. I think that the way we are socialized when we're kids is very much unveils a lot of things later in life because, 
as for myself as women, you know, most of us are taught that we have to be nice and not make waves. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're also taught as kids that our bodies are not our own bodies. Uh, we're taught that, Hey, you have to kiss your aunt, even if you don't want to be kissed or hugged. Now we're not seeing that as much. I'm actually seeing parents saying like, do you want to, you know, give, give your aunt a hug. Um, or if the kid's running with their arms open, okay, that's usually a good sign. Like, you know what I mean? And they, that's great. It's really the way that we have been educated as kids. So I think we're seeing, thank God, some kind of a more positive trend as women were taught to, I guess, accept and tolerate this kind of behavior. And, uh, you know, boys grew up thinking, you know, with this male privilege that they can go, boys will be boys, you know, oh, we can't help our, you know, the way we are. And it's their fault as, you know, they're being women. Uh, It's our fault uh, that, you know, we're you know, these sexual creatures, even if we're wearing a garbage bag, you know, and walking down the street, we must be asking for it. You know, we're Mm. by ourselves. Like, you know, we looked at a person or we smiled at them. God forbid, it must mean that, you know, we were, we're asking for it at all times. It's very much, a, a lot of this is ingrained in the way, you know, we're not taught, um, when we're young to say no to Mm -hmm. certain things, those physical boundaries that, you know, and it is very damaging, you know, your parents saying like, for, I didn't really have this issue as a kid. So that's great. But I've, I've heard it. I've heard other parents saying like, no, you have to hug them. You have to, you know, be nice, go hug your grandma, like very, very much making it like you have no sense of agency over your own body. So I think that that you're already internalizing a lot of that shit as then you go into adulthood and you're seeing this everywhere. And it's all being reinforced. As a woman, I was taught to, okay, well, it's to be expected that I'm going to get hit on by, you know, male colleagues at a certain office or that jokes are going to be made about my, whatever, my, uh, my sluttiness or this and that, whether I'm even being explicit about my sexuality or not. It, it starts when you're young learning about this stuff and, um, you know, seeing the way culture addresses the way mainstream media especially makes it seem like women especially do not have that ability to say no without there being negative repercussions and that people will not believe her if that shit happens um, by nature because women lie right you know the one percent of women who lie about you know having been harassed or assaulted that's the model for everybody else that Mm -hmm. has actually dealt with this it's basically a given that if you are you know, female and slightly attractive, you're going to get, or not even, you're going to get hit on regardless. Um, or you're going to be looked at or treated in a different way. So yeah, not saying that folks of other genders don't have these issues too. You know, it's not a one-way street in that regard. It's not only women who have been on the receiving end of negative attention and dealing with con- like consent violations like that. Definitely not the case. So I'm not saying that, but predominantly women. Um, so we have a lot of work to do in order to make consent as a part of a very necessary part of any kind of comprehensive sex ed, which I think all schools should have at a young enough age that is age appropriate, of course, age appropriate education, but consent is the first freaking thing that should be taught and learned at, you know, at every level of education. When developing this podcast, One of the things that made my brain explode (laughs) was hearing stories about women's 
or other wonderful humans, because it's not just women, mm-hmm. what their inbox looks like. Ooh. Describe your inbox in whatever format you want to and tell me how overwhelming it must be. Okay, so I just opened up my phone to give you an example. Okay, um, let me see. In, on Instagram, we have a little section called message requests, which is inundated right now from people that I haven't yet, you know, accepted their, you know, uh, their message, which I really like, by the way, Instagram, that's like one of the only features I really appreciate is that I'm not forced to look at these unsolicited dick pics because I actually have to tap it to not actually, mm. you know, to have to, to have to see it, which I, I really appreciate. I know Dan and Kinky has already thought of this because I spoke to Nookie about this too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate that. So let me just give you an idea of what it looks like right now. And this is, um, all of these are from the last 24 hours. Okay. Hello, dear. You're hot. Hello. Hello. Hey, sexy. Hey, I'd love to watch you get fucked. Hey, hey, share nudes. Wear nudes. I want nudes. Send me nudes. Hi, baby. You're very sexy. This is like... (laughs) Every this is in the last 24 hours. Oh I don't know any of these people. I get a lot of the send nudes, and I'm like, send money. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I, I've I've been um, I'm either on the delete side or I decide to make an example of somebody. And oh, sorry, I forgot about the uh, sugar baby ones. Well, I get a oh, lot of requests wow. for that. Oh, I'll be your sugar daddy. And I'm like, can you put your money toward a black organization? Thank you very much. I would much rather that. That is way more worth my fucking time. That's what I would do with their money anyway. But yeah, mm-hmm. I get a lot of requests like that. I am just shocked by the hey and the what's up? What are you doing? I hear this from so many people. And it hurts me as a man, and I will say a gentleman, to realize that, and I can't give you a statistic, I wish I could because, and this is not an all, not all men argument, but this is something that, why is it that I feel like I have to overcome all of that just to make a connection? (laughs) I'm happy you said that. It's very unfortunate that we have to kind of like weed out all of these kinds of requests in order to find the one that is actually meaningful. And that's one of the reasons why online dating is such a crapshoot because out of the 10 people who are, you know, wanting to connect with you or message with you, nine of them will be disrespectful about it. We were talking about respect before and everything. And, you know, a lot of those highs and stuff that have, you know, that are in my inbox are followed by another message of a dick, Mm. you know, and uh, that to me, that invasion of my space without my permission uh, is disgusting. I don't understand why people have not figured out yet that if you send your dick to a hundred people, probably the hundred people are not going to be okay with it. Not even if there is one person who is okay with it. What about the other 999 people? Like if you're not getting the responses and people are telling you to put it back in your pants and, or no, it's disgusting. Nobody. And I know women have done this. I've done women. I know people have done this. Mm -hmm. It's, ridiculous that we have not learned. And guess what? Then it makes us want to avoid our inbox altogether. Mm-hmm. It makes us not want to even engage or to put ourselves out there because we know that this is what it's going to look like. 
we know what this is. We've been there before. None of this is new. This is the same story, just different mess- different people messaging, different platforms. I don't know why we have to take it. I don't know why we have to accept that. I sure as hell don't. It still happens without our consent all the time, every day. So we've talked about some of the bad and the ugly. What are some ways that you have experienced that made you go, wow, this is how you do it. This is how you approach someone. Hmm. Oh, let me think. Um, Because I'm hoping that the audience for this podcast is equal men and women, women to be able to know we're not alone in all this. This happens to so many of us and it's good to hear that we're not alone. And then for men to listen to this and hear the things that are going on, but then also hear the right way to do it. That's the idea. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's very different whether you're meeting someone in person, which is less common these days when you're meeting someone for the first time. It's usually through the interface of, you know, your, your phone or the computer. When you're approaching somebody, it's a little different. You're, it's usually, you know, visual with pictures and, you know, have your through text messages or some kind of email, right? So firstly, your subject line or whatever, you know, the first line that you're saying is the most important. There's something uh, in body language, um, you know, I, t- I talk sometimes about body language and how important that is. You can make that come out in a message, even if you don't physically see the person, you're not physically in their presence, you can't see the way they're positioning their body. You can see the way they're using their words and how they're constructing their sentences and how they are approaching you. If you are saying baby, sweetie, honey, or, you know, stuff like that, when you don't know me, or mama, I get that sometimes. I'm like, I don't have kids. What the hell? <laughs> you know, I'm not your sugar mama. Who the hell are you? Don't use pet names. Use the person's name. Like, hey, blah, blah, blah. I saw your page. You know, this is what was interesting for me. Or, you know, I saw your profile. I think, you know, you're, you're so like spot on with, you know, the quote that you used for like, cause we talked about that, right? just before. For me, it's like, it says it in most of my profiles that I'm sapiosexual. So then, you know, I get people saying, wow, you know, I love that too. I also really love having an intellectual conversation with someone. I've had some great messages where people will put like really uh, cool quotes that have inspired them. Um, I know how weird that sounds probably, but like, I think that's interesting. It's such a different thing that I'm used to getting Mm -hmm. uh, in my inbox or somebody finding a photo and saying, wow, oh my God, I noticed that you had a cup of something in the background. Me too. I have that same cup or something weird, just connecting with me on a level that is not just, I want to fuck you. Uh, you know, I think this physical part of you is interesting, you know, reducing me to body parts, treating me like a piece of meat is not the way to go. Mm. So if you're just telling someone hi and being respectful, that's usually a good start. No need to market with dear, honey, sweetie. I'm not your sweetie. I'm not your baby. I'm me. I'm Lexi. So, you know, hi, Lexi is the first way to start. Mm -hmm. I I shit you not. That first sentence is everything. The minute I see sweetie, dear, honey, ma'am, whatever, delete. I will admit that I start many messages with hello there, lovely lady. (laughs) And it's still more respectful than what I just said. And when I had someone that I dated a few years ago, when she saw that, she said, lovely, are you British? <laughs> <laughs> it is very British sounding. Definitely is. 
I love how that sounds. So give me, if you will, five important things that guys need to do when they're considering approaching you for some sort of connection. One thing is do pay attention to the political messages that I put up sometimes. I try to, uh, you know, so it's like sexy picture of me, buy my book here. Here's this political statement I want you to read. If you are not on board with those statements, do not bother contacting me. I will find out at some point. I will not like it. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time. So if you're not, you know, a feminist, if you are, if you don't think that, you know, um, trans people are people and deserve rights, if you are not on board with the BLM movement, if you think Trump should continue to be president, do not enter my DM. So <laughs> if you have ever, you need to, you know, maybe take a, a look at my socials and get a feel for who I am as a person and not just this, you know, I'm pretty sexy. Uh, not just like a sexy woman who uh, wants your attention. I don't, okay? I don't need it. Look at all the stuff I'm actually saying and move past all the you know, the photos that I shamelessly put all over the place. So that's the first thing is look at the political stuff. Secondly, you know, get a feel for what I've done. Like read a story. Even if it's not my book, I have other stories on my site, you know, read a story, get a feel for what I might be into, what I might be interested in. You know, if you are playing off of what somebody else likes and I, you read a story and I'm like, huh, okay, there's something I could bond with her over. There's something interesting there uh, that I could, you know, say, hey, I just read your story and I love this part. This was, this really resonated for me or quote me, quote me back to myself. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. No, I think that's so cool. You know, it's not even an ego thing. It's just cool that there was something that resonated with you that I wrote. It's, it's very flattering that someone would have, would take the time to do that. So, you know, I think for me as a writer, as someone who puts all of my stuff out there. I think that's really, really important. Definitely ask permission before sending me any photos of yourself, even if it is not of your dick. And if you are looking for advice in your relationship and you also want to hit on me, please keep those separate. One thing is not the other. Okay. I get some people asking me questions about my coaching and then they'll be hitting on me the next, the next message. Wow. Oh, and also I think you're really hot. Would you ever be interested in a threesome? I'm like, Whoa, one second. Whereas like I'm professionally, this is what I do as a coach. Cool. Let's talk about that separately. If you are interested in me, fine. That's not, I'm not going to barter sex for my coaching services and I'm not going to give you free advice. Don't, it's very, very weird blurring of lines. So please keep that separate. Don't have an expectation that even if you do send me photos or anything like that in terms of approaching something, even if I say, yes, it's okay, does not mean I will reciprocate and I will not send you nudes. I will not do that. <laughs> I am not a big sender of nudes. I send them very infrequently to a very select group of folks um, once a lot of trust has been established. So <laughs> yeah, that expectation that, you know, tit for tat kind of thing or tit for tit. <laughs> <laughs> That's not always accurate. Not always accurate. There's some <laughs> friends of mine from uh, the roller derby world that would say, show me your tats. Because they're very much into, <laughs> into ink. ink. I love that. I have tats, so I'm very oh, into nice. ink too. Yeah. Rather than doing the normal plugs that people say, hey, where can we find you? I want to talk about what you do. <laughs> so let's talk first about mating season. 
Ooh, so mating season is a collection of my short erotic stories that I've written over the years. So some of them are actually quite old. I won't tell you how old because I don't want to tell everybody how old I am yet. I have, I still have a thing with talking about my age, even though I'm still young. So most of those stories are based on real life. Oh, if you want to talk about like the physical stuff that happens in there, all of that has happened in real life. Those scenarios included have happened in real life, but the the actual stories themselves, maybe I masked the names of the characters or certain situations or scenarios, locations, that kind of thing. But they're pretty much all based on my real life experiences, except for the one where uh, called Succubus, which is, you know, very, it's got like a supernatural <laughs> feel to it. And, you know, Lucifer makes an appearance. And uh, yeah, that didn't happen in real life. But the physical stuff that ensued did happen in real life. It is juicy, very, very graphic language. But it is basically pornography. Uh, mm. It's just in the written pornography mm. in the written form. Definitely does not have any flowery language. I do not skimp on the cock, pussy, uh, you know, slit, cunt, dick. Like I am very graphic and obscene about the language and I do not care. I am shameless about it. Some people find it too much. I don't really care. I write, I wrote it for me. Basically, I just want to share with people if it works for you and you enjoy it, then that is amazing. If it inspires you to go and get lectual and explore your own lectuality on your own and deal with, you know, try to sample some of this eroticism in real life. Oh my God, that is my goal, right? To inspire people to do all of those things. So great mission accomplished, but yeah, it's filth. Let's put it that way. I'm very shameless about it. I don't, you know, I want to share it with everybody. It's on Amazon and Amazon Kindle. I also sell the paperbacks on my site. I am possibly going to be allowing some people to hit me up with requests for personalized autographs, which I have been sending out to some very select people and friends of mine. Uh, I know Ryan from Dating Kinky has a copy. Nookie is about to get hers as well. And I do like, you see this red lipstick that no one else can see that I'm Mm -hmm. talking Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. about the same shade as my blushing from when you were saying all the words <laughs> earlier, which tells you what. <laughs> I did see, I did see that. Yeah, I did see you blushing as I was saying cough, pussy, dick, oh, there we ball. Go. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go again. I'm <laughs> uh, very much about, about, you know, just saying what you mean, you know, skimping on all the flowery language. I love using my red lips that you were, we were talking about to, uh, you know, see a little kiss in those special autograph versions. So some select few people are going to be getting those. Um, so hit me up if you want your own. I will maybe make some special exceptions for people. Um, but you'll get your own. I'm just telling you right now. All I need Aww. is your mailing address and I will send you one with pleasure. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And that is mating season. Oh, an audiobook coming soon, Ooh. which I am going to voice myself because... Nice. Yeah, I just, no one really reads your words like you do. Even though sometimes it's really fun to hear other people reading my stories, mm -hmm. I just feel like it would be, it's best when, you know, the, you, the author, the person who wrote it actually does it. So that'll be coming to Audible hopefully very soon. So tell me what it's like to be lectual. <laughs> For me, that just means, you know, when I say, you know, get lectual or stay lectual or explore your lectuality, to me, that just means be shameless about it. You know, whatever your kink is, whatever your fantasy is, guaranteed at least one other person has had that same fantasy. You're not alone. And it's not weird. 
Okay. And also, if you think it's weird, let me tell you, I like weird. Weird is great. Weird is awesome. Okay. The regular stuff, you know, just uh, is, is, doesn't, it's not a turn on. Get weird. Weird is great. So getting lectual for me is about that, about safely and shamelessly with consent, of course, exploring your sexuality in ways that make you feel good. You know, making sure obviously everything is consensual between you and whoever's playing with you, you know, being safe about your sexual health, which I talk about sometimes um, and she'll definitely talk about more. We need to educate ourselves about normalizing these conversations to talk about, you know, what's your status and, you know, to talk about uh, body parts and how to keep, you know, everything in balance. That I think is really important too. So being lectual also means being, you know, smart about your sexual health and, you know, getting regular checkups and, you know, disclosing openly, being honest with people about what your status is, just being adventurous, you know, trying new things, not getting stuck with like, you know, just using the same sex toy over and over, try a new toy, try it in a different hole. I don't know, you know, try it like, (laughs) you know, position your body in a different way. Try doing something new, something that makes you feel good. It's really important to explore your own body. I think it's, if you're able to, do it, you know, take time and connect with your own body. If you, if you don't want to fuck yourself, why would anybody else want to fuck yourself want to fuck you? That is like kind of my, my theme with that. Plus masturbating and getting in touch with your own body. Even if the, the goal is not an orgasm, I think the goal is just to connect and to experience pleasure. You know, orgasms are great bonuses, whether it's like sex with yourself or sex with someone else, but just explore yourself there's a lot of confidence that comes with being able to know what feels good on and in your body. So being lectual also means knowing yourself and exploring yourself and experiencing that sense of confidence that comes with that. And I'm very confident in what I do, especially when I'm naked and doing sexual things. I definitely have confidence with that. <laughs> Over Practice makes perfect, right? It's just about embracing that. And, you know, it's doing what makes you feel good. As long as it's legal and consensual, who gives a fuck? That's beautiful. <laughs> that is just beautiful. We will put all your links in our show notes. Also, my site, LexiSilver.com, has pretty much everything you need on there. And my blog is packed with things that I've done, radio spots, magazine spreads that I've been a part of. Very lucky to have done. And I'm very happy about that. Everything is on my website in some way or another. Just depends on how much time you have to listen to all of it and to look at all of it. Sorry, not sorry, everybody. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Well. Well, I am not sorry at all. I am so proud and pleased that you were our guest on the first episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you so much, Lexi. Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure, Katsuit. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate also um, Dating Kinky hooking me up with you and all of these wonderful, cool opportunities. I'm very excited to continue with all of that. And I want to thank all of you for being a part of the very first episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. We'll be back next week with an all-new show. We drop every Tuesday so you can get yours. As those podcasters always say, subscribe to us, like us, review us. It helps us all. Next week, a very exciting show as we will be talking to... 
the woman that many people know as O-Girl or Wonder Woman or any of her characters that she plays at ChristinaBound.com. It's fetish artist Christina Carter. It's going to be a fun show as we're going to talk about relationships, the way people approach a celebrity, and also the challenges she goes through in everyday life to be able to be the fetish model that she is and the human that she is. It'll be a great conversation, and I hope you join us. Until then, I'm hi there, Catsuit. And remember, love each other always. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky Connections and Kinky Education. It's kinky, done differently.